Amen. Can we put our hands together? Can we give God a cheer this morning? Amen. You may be seated. So good to see everyone here today. We can cut the house lights on a little bit. And uh, so I can see everybody's face and not your eyebrows. That's great. Amen. Awesome. Good to see everybody here today. We're just going to spend a few minutes in the Word. And uh, before we do, I just want to just encourage everybody. One of the things we uh, used to do um, a few years ago is we used to pray. We always well, we still do. We pray for people and pray for those who don't know the Lord and those who are concerned about. And we used to call it our VIP list. Very important people to God. And uh, how many of you today that you have got some people on your heart just concerned about uh, maybe that just need healing, need the Lord, they just are lost in their way and really need to find the answers? How many have people in your life like that? Amen. Can we just take a moment? Can we just pray for our VIP list as we open up the service? Amen. And just pray for those who really need the Lord and need his touch today. Father, we just thank you today that you are awesome, amen, and you are amazing, and you are the Father of, of his Lord, and we thank you that you are that great, glorious God that we look to and your creator, but Lord, we thank you today that we have this opportunity to lift up those who are in need, and that's what we want to do. We want to open the service today, Lord, not by praying for ourselves, not praying for just a good meeting, but we want to pray for those who need you today. Maybe somebody's listening today that really has lost their way. It needs to find you, Lord. We lift them up today. We lift up the VIP list of very important people to you. And we thank you, Lord, that your power, your love, your grace is for them today. We pray that they would experience it in a mighty way. We lift them up today. We ask that, Lord, you would have your way in their life and they would find you as their loving Savior in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. How many are thankful that Jesus Christ loved you, amen, still loves you? He knew you, God knew you, he pursued you, is that right? How many know that's biblical? God's pursuing you. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself, amen. And that drawing is amazing. And so, you know, some of you didn't even realize that God was drawing you in. Come on, some of you are here today because God drew you closer to himself and you just found yourself, man, I need a savior. I need Jesus. I, I realize that my life is, I'm in trouble and I need a savior. How many just can lift your hand to heaven and say, Lord, I thank you. I found my savior. Jesus Christ is my savior. I found the way, the truth and the life today. Amen. And so thankful for that, that I was known, I'm loved and pursued by God. Amen. So good, isn't it? How many know God's that great shepherd? Jesus is a, that great shepherd. That, and, and Jesus gives that story about leaving the 99 sheep and going after the one. We sang about it today. And I'm so thankful for songs that remind us of his goodness and his grace and, and uh, his power. Amen. Come on. How many know it took, it took a lot for God to save you? Come on. It took a lot for God to kind of look and find you a little bit. I mean, he knew where you were, but man, you were somewhere in the kind of in the world and the weeds there. And, you know, I mean, he, he had to t get people to come and get you and talk to you. And amen. I mean, come on. He, he did a lot. There's a lot of angels that were expended at your, your expense. And I mean, he's just like, you know, and they're like, Lord, I don't want to do that again today. I got to watch over him. Are you kidding me? This guy's nuts. Amen. Hallelujah. But how many know God by his love and by his mercy and by his grace, I'm sitting here today, standing here today, and I can lift my hand to heaven and say, man, by God's power, by God's grace, amen, I'm being kept, I'm being alive today, amen, by his goodness. And I love that. 
In Titus chapter 2, we've been talking about the grace of God that has appeared to all men. Jesus Christ came, getting ready to celebrate uh, what we kind of deem as when Jesus came and was born. And, and when grace appeared, we're getting ready to kind of that holiday is close when grace has appeared and God came. And we read that scripture in Titus where it says the grace of God has appeared to all men. Uh, that teaching us to deny ungodliness and corruption in this present world, that we should live uh, soberly, righteously, and godly right where we live. And so we take the scripture, we've just been talking about the grace of God, the power of grace in our lives, and you know, we called it living under the influence. How many can say, I'm living under the influence? Amen. I'm living under the influence of grace and God's power and the power of His grace. And you know, last week we talked about living under the influence of the cross. And how that means to our lives that we never forget what Jesus did for us and that we live that out in our lives and how it affects our lives and our thinking and, our, and the way we react to other people and the way we look at things in life. How many believe that the power of the cross is influencing your life? Amen. But you know, I just wanted to just share something that have you noticed as we preach and we look at this and one of the things that I realized that we're under the influence, that grace of God in our lives causes us to be under the influence of the Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but I'm living under the influence of the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so people are like, uh-oh, he's going to get all Pentecostal. Watch out. Here I go. No, I'm just kidding. And uh, amen. we got a little bit of a ring in the mic, but, uh, you know, I believe that the grace of God influences us. Amen. Come on, the, cr the cross and the Holy Ghost, they influence us. Just, just the things of God influence us. And we like to call this the supernatural life. And I honestly believe that, you know, when I first kind of came along and I got saved and I was walking with the Lord, I realized I looked at the grace of God and I, I realized a couple things, but I looked at the grace of God and I looked at it like that God was empowering me and enabling me to live in a more human way. And really what I had to realize is that God was enabling me and empowering me to live in a more godly way, not in a more human way, but in a more godly way. How many know God empowers you to live godly? That's what the Bible says. And he's given me his spirit to do that. And I believe that uh, according to John chapter 1, that God desires to move upon his people and really to empower them to become the sons of God with a different spirit. In the Old Testament, you'll find in Ezekiel, he says that I'm going to give you a, a heart of flesh and a new spirit and a new heart. How many know when you get born again, you get a new heart? There, there's a, and God wants to give you a new spirit. Amen. Not a spirit of darkness, not a spirit of lust, but a spirit of power, a spirit of, of a sound mind and a spirit of life. Amen. How many believe that with all your heart? Amen. We've got that spirit, that spirit of power, love and a sound mind. But when I talk about living under the influence of the Holy Spirit, I got to start out right away and I've got to deal with and talk about because I think the picture that we see is our bad experiences with people that have said they claim to be filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, no. Our stereotypical view of being spooky and, and flaky and irrelevant. How many know that's not what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Amen. Come on. And, and you know, if I, I, if I judge the things of God based on what I've heard and seen people do in the name of being filled with the Holy Spirit, man, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. I don't know where I'd be. I don't know if it'd be in church, but come on, somebody, amen. How many know the Holy Spirit isn't spooky, not flaky, not irrelevant? It, I mean, it, it's just where we live, right? It's the Spirit of Jesus. Aren't you glad Jesus wasn't some mystic and some weird guy that people are like, wow, this guy's nuts, 
But, you know, you can say, you know, we're crazy, but we're crazy in a good way. We're crazy in a good way. But I do believe that, you know, when it comes to being influenced by the Holy Spirit and kind of the stereotypical views that we have and the things that we've thought about over the years, I do believe that as a church, we, we've got to look at the gifts of the Spirit the way the Bible teaches it. And, you know, that's what we try to do here at our church. And I believe that we need to stop worshiping gifts as a church as a whole. Amen. Come on. We need to stop worshiping gifts. I mean, people, you know, they, they prophesy and next thing we know, they're a prophet. They should wear a white robe and we listen and to every word they say. And, you know, we got to stop doing that. <laughs> Amen. How many know that's not what it means to be influenced by the Holy Spirit? You know, we, we got to really kind of just stop uh, worshiping people and experiences and, and, and people that are gifted and talented. And, oh, my goodness, we just we got to worship Jesus. <laughs> we got to get our mind on, and our heart, you know, fixed on the, the, the spirit of God. Amen. And. I mean, God uses people and we're imperfect. We are. We're imperfect vessels. And, and really what it's all about is just complimenting the one who is perfect. <laughs> it's, it's to point to the person that really is perfect, and that's Jesus. Amen. And, and so, you know, I, I also feel that when it comes to being influenced by the Holy Spirit, I just want to throw this out before we get into the meat of what I want to say, is that we, we need to stop treating the gifts of the Spirit as uncommon and unusual. Whoa, wow, look at that. You know, the video goes viral. Someone gets healed of blindness. You know, that happens all the time. You know, in Jesus' world, it was just like, you want to be healed? Go, boom, you're healed. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, he just like, his shadow healed people. I mean, that's, it was just, it was just what happened. And how many know miracles are just what happens in the Christian life? Hello, Amen. So we got to just stop treating it like it's so uncommon. The Bible says that all of us have been given gifts. All of us. Yeah, all of us. According to, you know, a statistic, there's around 56 million Christians. All of those people have been given the gifts or a gift or some gifts to fulfill the mission of Jesus. And we act like, whoa, they're gifted. Don't touch them. And those people even have these scriptures like touch not mine anointed. Wow, that makes it doubly cool, right? You can quote those scriptures, man. You know, and some of you, we get right about a prophecy. We just get right, and we don't talk about the other 99 that we screwed up. Come on, right? We're still trying to figure out those ones, right? Right? Okay. So I think that, you know, th those are just things that need to be said because it's immediately, oh, I'm coming to a Spirit-filled church today. They're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit. Watch out! Right. But how many know, as the Bible teaches, that one of the things about the Holy Spirit, especially for today, is that in John chapter six, Jesus talks about himself being the bread of life coming down from heaven. And this is what it's about, is that Jesus lives his resurrected life in us through the Holy Spirit. Well, you guys are saying more amens at the announcements. <laughs> So, so really, that's what it is. I mean, to believe that Jesus lives his resurrected life in me through the Holy Spirit. This enables me to live a lifetime of sanctification and transformation. Think about it. That's what it's all about. And, you know, one of the things I just want to make clear is that the Holy Ghost is for every believer to, to, to live in our life. Come on, to be in, in our lives. Every believer. It's not just for first century Christians. It's not just belongs to a denomination. How I many you know it's, more, it's not about the Pentecostal denomination? or charismatic denomination. It's about the Pentecost experience. And so we've got to just make that clear that when we talk about being un under the influence of the Holy Spirit, we're not talking about that just belongs to our denomination hey, or our church. And if you want to belong to this church, you've got to do this. How many know it's for every believer? 
It's for every believer. Amen. The Holy Spirit wants to inhabit every life and every believer. Amen. Everyone that claims the name of Jesus and, and comes under the banner of salvation. How many believe that? I believe that. Amen. And, you know, the Holy Spirit is not part of Jesus or a piece of Jesus. As the Bible makes it clear, it's a fullness of Jesus. Jesus is not in the Godhead. The Godhead is in Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit is in a piece of God, a piece of Jesus. It is the fullness of Jesus. And so when I say I receive this, the, 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 the Holy Spirit, I receive all of God. And how many know God wants me to be filled with all of Him, right? He wants me to live a Spirit-influenced life. And that's how we are to be influenced by God today is through His Spirit. How many can lift your hand to heaven and say, I want to be influenced by the Holy Spirit? Amen. Yeah, 1 John chapter 4, verse 13 says, this is how we know that we live in Him, in Jesus, and Jesus lives in us because He's given us His Spirit. Amen? He's given us His Spirit. See, the disciples back 2,000 years ago walked with Jesus in the physical. That's bodily form. Today, we walk with Jesus in the spiritual, in the supernatural form. How many believe that? Until, guess what? We see Him face to face and how many believe you're going to walk with him in physical form again? Yeah, I'm, amen, I believe it. And so we believe that as Christians. And see what the Holy Spirit really is, and we talk about being influenced by the Holy Spirit, is the Holy Spirit is the continuance of the work of Jesus in the earth. God made a way that the work of Jesus can be fulfilled and continued in us, come on, today, right now, and that is through the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is that continual work of Jesus. Listen, we're not trying to continue a work of a church culture or a denomination. Come on, not that there's anything wrong with denominations, but that's, that's not our goal, right? Our goal is that we would continue the mission and the work of Jesus in the earth. And that's why we've been given the Holy Spirit. How many know God loves us so much he gave us the Spirit? And that's so cool. He gave us all of him. I love it. And so all I had to do was give him all of me, and he gave it, me all of him. I don't want to say that more because I'll get tongue twisted. That's really good. So, you know, that's what it's about. And see, in John chapter 14 through 17, if you want to share this, Jesus really gives a clear definition of the Holy Spirit and talks a lot about the Holy Spirit's work. And he talks about it as if, of course, it happened, that it would happen, that it will happen. Back in Jesus' day, this is what he was saying, that it will happen. And, of course, in Acts chapter 1, we saw, or in Acts chapter 2, we saw that it did happen. And so Jesus is explaining what would happen when the Holy Spirit comes. So then when in Acts chapter 2 we see the Holy Spirit did come, these are things that are happening now. Hope that makes sense. In John chapter 14 through 17 it says this, that a couple things, eight things I want to bring out. That number one, it'll abide forever. The Holy Spirit is going to abide forever. That it'll the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. We'll get instant recall. He'll testify of Jesus. He'll, he'll guide us in all truth. He'll re reveal the future, or future things, reveal things to come. He'll glorify Jesus and he'll have daily presence or he'll be with you and in you. So those are things that you find in those chapters that Jesus talked about, the Holy Spirit. So being filled with the Holy Ghost and being filled with the Spirit, the Comforter, as the Bible talks about, Jesus described in those chapters, it was speaking of an event, an experience that will happen. We see in Acts chapter 2 that it did happen. So the Spirit of God has come. And so when we're born again and the Spirit of God is given to us, we have the Holy Spirit, we understand that all of a sudden we are to live according to the Spirit of God. Is that what Jesus said? And Paul talked about being filled with the Spirit, which we'll talk about. Then he talked about being led by the Spirit. 
And so that's what he's talking about. And this is what I want to describe as a spirit-inhabited life. In John chapter 7, verse 37, Jesus stood up and he said, in that last day of the feast that was happening in Jerusalem, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, If any man thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He that believes in me, or on me, as the scripture says, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, in verse 39, John had to put this in there, and he said, now, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. And he said this, he said, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not glorified. Is that right? So we see that Jesus was talking about what the Holy Spirit will be and do and how we live in an inhabited life, a spirit-inhabited life. When the Holy Spirit comes, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit has come. Amen. So this is what the, the, the uh, when when Paul is talking about in Titus chapter two, that the grace of God has appeared to all men. He's not just talking about when Jesus was born. He's talking about the work that happened through Jesus. And one of those works is the Holy Spirit was given. That's a mouthful. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> but seriously, that's what it is. And just putting it just just really simply. And so to be filled with the Holy Spirit, as the Bible describes, means to remain full of the Holy Spirit by obeying Jesus and pursuing him daily. Amen. So that's what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit's influence because we are talking about being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, many people, again, you, when you talk about that being under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you, you know, you kind of visualize these people are just floating around. Oh, my God, I can't help it. I can't go to work today. I'm under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Oh, well, I'm sorry that I, you know, hurt you by what I said, but it's just a spirit. I can't help what comes out of my mouth. How many know that's, that's spooky, it's flaky, and it's irrelevant? And we, we feel like we're just floating. No, no, the Bible doesn't say float in the Spirit. It says walk in the Spirit. <laughs> I'd love to fly, I really would, but the, God has not called me to fly in the Spirit. He's called me to walk in my everyday life, right where I live, in very relevant, very practical ways. Come on, God still speaks through His Spirit in that way. Amen. So anytime you get into a, a, a a ministry or minister or somebody or whatever, a Christian that just is so irrelevant and so spooky, it's usually not the Holy Spirit. It's their spirit wanting to be holy and spooky and mystical. And you know, God is mysterious, but he's just not mystical. He's just, he explains himself. How many believe that God explains himself through the Holy Spirit? He breaks it down through the Holy, it doesn't make it more complicated and weird. Like, oh, okay, well, yeah, dude. You know, you know, the Holy Spirit, when somebody says, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, we just kind of keep going back. We can't get past 1969. Somebody who's just a burner, who's just out there floating around like, hey, dude. You know, no, that's not being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Is that right? Come on. Somebody who's just kind of like floats in, floats out, and they're just... I mean, you know, look, we got enough of those people, and I believe those, their minds are being healed, praise God. But God has called us to just walk in a very practical way, everyday living, spirit-inhabited life. The supernatural life in a very natural way. That's why who people who come in and they may prophesy, I mean, the word of the Lord, like, how did you know that? I mean, like dates, the whole thing. We're not going to be overly impressed and start worshiping them, put their picture up and like, oh my gosh, they're just from heaven themselves. Listen, that's common. You know, the gifts of the spirit are a dime a dozen to God. 
he's not impressed with the gifts. Really? Yeah, he's not impressed with it. In fact, he told everybody that you can heal everybody. You can lay hands on dead people and they'll get up. It's just common. <laughs> but what we do is we put them on TV and then they have their own ministry and then they fly jets and... Man, I'm meddling now. I'm just seriously off track right now. All right. So, you know, one of the things about the Holy Spirit influence is this is really what it is. The Holy Spirit influences you to a pure heart. Not a messed up heart. I mean, you know, God is not going to leave you the way he found you. He's going to clean you up. He's going to change your heart. That's what the Bible says. You, you know, you, you lived a life of hating people, getting revenge, you know, wanting to hurt people. And all of a sudden you realize that you have a Savior that loves everyone. That has grace for people who hate Him. Who loves His enemies. Who prays for those who despitefully use Him. Who gives to those who don't like Him. Come on, He's going to give you a pure heart, a renewed mind, and a transformed life. That's the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's how the Holy Spirit influences us. Let me go a little further. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, this is what it says. It says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. It leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. One translation says, and controlled by Him. Amen. How many know when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, just like, again, we're talking about being influenced, just like someone is intoxicated with alcohol, it, it, it kind of determines your thought pattern, your process. It, it, you're under that influence, aren't you, right? Right? Come on, somebody say it with me. So as you're under the influence of alcohol, he said, don't be under the influence of alcohol where it, 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 you know, it kind of destroys you. It, it leads to, it ruins your life. It leads to, but instead be filled with the life-giving spirit of God. Amen. 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 Be controlled by him. Be under that influence. And, and he, and he kind of uses the picture here, just like somebody would be again, we got to be careful because some people take it a little too far. I'll never forget one time after a great meeting, the next morning, I was in Bible school and this girl, you know, we always joke about this. This girl came down for breakfast. She told, oh, I need some orange juice. I, I need some coffee. I, I, you know, I got drunk in the spirit last night and I'm, I have a hangover. I'm like, oh my gosh, right? So, you know, I'm not going to tell, tell you what we felt like doing, but I was like, okay, we're taking this a little too far. So, is that all right? All right. But, you know, notice this. He said, now listen, no, no, very careful. You've got to take this in context. In verse 15, he says, be very careful how you live. Verse 17, do not be foolish. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Verse 18, don't be drunk with the wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't come to the place where you're being influenced. And, and by, by ignorance, by reckless living, be under the influence of the Spirit of God. Be under the influence. And, you know, the Bible makes it clear that the Spirit of God is a spirit of self-control. Sound mind. Power. Self-control. That's what it's talking about. We want to talk about mystical power. He's not necessarily talking about mystical power. Because how many know there is a supernatural power that's in Jesus? Anybody believe that? But it's not this, this mystical power. And you're the untouchable. And you're weird and strange and all that. But he says we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 1, verse 7 and 8, and then in Acts chapter 2, it describes the Holy Spirit coming. And what happened when the Holy Spirit came, they came under a divine influence. 
didn't they? They came under divine influence. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit sat on each of them and then they began to speak in tongues in another, other languages and prophesy. How many know that's divine influence? It's not you, it's God. How many know we don't want ourselves kind of just showing off? We want God. Anybody? I want people just making stuff up. Yeah, you're going to be rich. God showed me this. God. No, I want God speaking through people. I don't want people speaking through people. I want God speaking through people. And it's not mysterious. It's not weird. That's why when we come to church, one of the things we can do is we are speaking as God speaking to people by encouraging each other. You know, the Bible makes it clear. You don't have to say, I don't have a thus saith the Lord for you. I uh, just want to tell you to have a good day. That's encouraging. <laughs> I know you're going through something, but I don't have a word for you. just want to tell you, be strong in the grace. That's encouraging. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And then outside of that, if the Holy Spirit moves on you like he did David, like he did Samson, like he did Samuel, like he did the men of old, or like he did the apostles, and all of a sudden God begins to speak through you, man, it'll be God. Amen? We'll talk about that some other time. So what happened is they, tongues, and see, see, tongues were the initial sign of the Holy Spirit, not the only sign. Hello? And so when we talk about these things, we talk about, you know, but also let me just say this about the Holy Spirit and how he influenced the, the, the apostles, the early church apostles, is not just through speaking in tongues and prophesying and those things and healings, but the first fruit was evangelism. The first fruit that you had the Holy Spirit back in Acts chapter 2 was evangelism. One of the first fruits. We see that tongues were there. We see that, the, but one of the first fruits, not just the, the manifestation, but the fruits. In other words, what happened in my life, Paul's life, as he, or Peter's life, as he was standing there, was bang. He came under the influence of manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden, something began to happen in his heart. He came under the influence. And what did he do? He began to preach. He preached the gospel. He gave a gospel message and many people got saved. Why? Because it's just not about you moving in the gifts and people being impressed with it. It's fulfilling the mission of Jesus. The resurrected life of Jesus is so that the continual work of Jesus happens through you. I mean, no, it doesn't stop at you. Many times we look at, like, you know, many kind of denominational people kind of look at it like, you know, well, the Pentecostal experience, it just stops at tongues. No, it does not. And it doesn't stop at you. How many know you got to get past Calvary? You got to go to Pentecost. And you've got to get past Pentecost. You've got to get into the Acts. <laughs> Amen? There's demonstration in your life. And there's all these things we could talk about. So when God pours His Spirit out on us, this is really what happens. He moves on us. Again, we, we, get, we get caught away with, you know, the, the kind of this, the, I, don't, I don't know what to tell, say it. I guess hippie Joe. And... And we kind of get in there, you know, like, oh, he moves on me, dude. No, 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 no. He, he influences your heart. He influences your mind. And he influences you. He empowers you. Just like David, the Spirit of the Lord came on him mightily, the Bible says. And so he does that. He moves on us. He, he influences us. See, God desires to put in us a spirit that both desires and performs the will of God. Let me say that one more time. God desires to put in us, this is what the Holy Spirit's all about, is to, to both I desire and I perform the will of God in my life. Amen? How do I do that? Well, the Holy Spirit, He's going to move on me, and I'm just waiting for Him to move on me to make me do that. No, it starts with me cooperating by saying yes to God. I will obey. Then the Holy Spirit empowers me to obey. Amen? Hope that makes sense. So Romans and chapter 6 
talks a lot about this, but it talks about the influence of the Holy Spirit and talks about the influence of God in our lives through His Spirit, that we are to be servants of right, righteousness. Or we are to be servants to right-wayness. He said this, he said in Romans chapter 6, he teaches, he said that if whatever you obey or whatever you yield yourself to, that becomes your master. You become its servant. See what I'm saying? You come under that influence. So whatever you yield yourself to, you come under that influence. And so he says, listen, don't just, don't just come under any influence. Come under the influence of righteousness through the Holy Spirit. Amen? So, and so this is just how easy it is and just what he's saying. And so receiving the Holy Spirit is really the God-given ability to live in the nature of Jesus. That's what it is. It's the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, as the Bible says in Romans, that it dwells in you. And so really receiving the Holy Spirit of God is that ability to live in the nature of Jesus. Listen, the ability to forgive other people. How many know that's the Holy Spirit? How many know that's the Holy Spirit? If you, if you forgive somebody and, and you release somebody from so many payment and vengeance and you forgive them, how many know you're moving in the Holy Spirit? You're being influenced by the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God is only going to lead you in the way that Jesus taught us to be led and the teachings of Jesus, right? We could talk about this all the time, but listen, I'm not going to get into it. We'll talk about spooky, flaky people some other time, right? But anytime that you see somebody and they're not leading you and, and, and really confirming the teachings of Jesus, they're probably not moving in the Holy Spirit. If somebody tells you and, and even prophesies, even healing people and then preaching, and they're telling you anything that is not in the Bible or contrary to the Bible, the Bible says, let that person be accursed. Don't listen to them. Even if an angel would come down in Galatians, he teaches, would do that. He said, get away from them. They're not of Christ. How many know the Spirit and the Word agree? The Spirit and the Word agree. And let me just say this. I, I believe in the power of speaking the Word. I believe in the power of spoken Word. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Whichever things you have, you'll say, you say you'll have. That's what Jesus taught us. I believe in the power of a spoken Word. But let me tell you something. My spoken Word is not greater than the written Word. That's why, you know, people that get into this mysticism, I'm speaking to the clouds, I'm speaking to the lightning today. Listen, 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 listen. Let's just stay in context. <laughs> I'm the warrior in the city. I'm the prophet over the city. I'm the apostle over the city. Uh, amen. The Spirit and the Word agree. That's why the Bible over and over teaches us, listen, you've got to know the Word. How many know if you know the Word, then when you recognize prophecy, you'll know whether it's God or not. If you know the Word, you'll know the direction of God. And anybody that kind of tells you any other direction, you'll know that it's not the direction of God. Amen. How many know we need to be led by a Spirit, not led by people? that are trying to have a spirit. Amen. And so that's what the Bible teaches over and over. We're not going to get into that. So the Holy Spirit really... And so, so many times I feel like, and we look at another aspect, is that so many times we focus on God's reaction to my sin rather than my response to His love. And so when I get into this, and, and this is one of the things we've got to be careful of, or whatever we talk about, when we talk about the influence of the Holy Spirit, and many people say, well, I'm just dealing with the things in my life at, 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 at God's rate and, and how he deals with me and, and I'm in a different spot and everything. And that's, that is true, but it should never be an excuse not to deal with sin in our lives. Amen. How many know the Holy Spirit's going to deal with some things? 
Why? Because God's the judge and he's the boss. Because he loves us. Because he's leading us. Because there's a Christ nature in us. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. How many know Jesus dealt with sin, didn't he? How many know Jesus faced sin? Oh, well, no. Jesus never. No. Oh, yes, he did. (laughs) The Bible says he was tempted. He faced it, didn't he? But how many know the Bible says he was sinless? Why? Because, well, because he followed the rules of the church. No, because he was filled with righteousness. He loved righteousness. He followed after righteousness. That's all he wanted was to do and walk in God's right wayness. Not because he was trying to like, I got to go by the rules. No, because he had the rule on the inside of him. Right? Come on, somebody. Amen. It's hard to say, man. That's right. So a lot of times we just focus on God's reaction to my sin rather than my response to his love. And so we've got to look at grace, what it's all about and how it influences us and how the spirit of God is influencing me in my life and changing me by his grace. And one of the the things I just want to wrap up with with this part, and that is those who living are that are living under the influence of the Holy Ghost glorified Jesus. I think that's so important to start out with, isn't it? That, you know, one of the things we realize is that when we're, when we're living under the influence of the Holy Ghost, we're not just talking about, well, the, my ministry, my gifts, the gifts in the church, you know, the, the speaking. No, it's about glorifying Jesus. Did you know that your gifts are to glorify Jesus? That's why God gives them to you, so that God will be glorified. So that people who don't know God will learn and come to the knowledge of God through what God does in your life. Woo, hello. We look at the gifts of the Spirit as I'm trying to impress Christians. I'm going to impress the church. I'm who's who. Look at me. No, God says, look at Jesus. Lay hands on the sick so they'll recover so people will look at Jesus. Raise the dead, cleanse the leopard, prophesy, speak in tongues so that people will glorify Jesus. Not come to our church. But glorify Jesus is all right. For those of you new, I don't preach long. I'm almost done. Amen. Glorify Jesus. John chapter 16, verse 14. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, I mentioned this early. And I want to quote it to you. The Holy Spirit, the Comforter, is what he's talking about. He will glorify me. Jesus said that. Me. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit is wanting to glorify Jesus in your life? No matter what you go through, how many know God can be glorified? You know, as Paul wrote all the things that he suffered, he said all this was done so that Jesus could be glorified. All that, so that he could be glorified in my body. I'm going through hardships. I'm going through trials. I'm going through trouble so that Jesus will be glorified. No, I need to give, I need to get out of this problem. I need to feel better about myself. No, Jesus needs to be glorified. And all, when it's all said and done, how many know Jesus can be glorified in my trials? In my trouble, in my persecution, in my problems, Jesus can be glorified. Some of you thought worship was about singing good. No, worship is about glorifying Jesus. That's all it's about. It's not, I mean, you know, it's not even about playing good instruments. It's about glorifying Jesus. So that's what it's about. And so, you know, when we live under the influence of the Holy Spirit, it, number one, it glorifies Jesus, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. It depends on you know, where you're from and what you're comfortable with. People are like, Holy Spirit. And then when I say the Holy Ghost, they're like, whoa, that's too much for me. Same word, same person, same thing. Okay. All right. Woo. Okay. We're a Holy Ghost church. Well, we're a Holy Spirit church. <laughs> 
Okay. All right, whatever. I guess. Okay. But listen to this. The whole, here's the thing. This is the truth of it. The Holy Ghost will reveal the person, the teachings, and the power of Jesus. How many want to see Jesus? How many want to know him? As Paul said, I want to know him and his suffering. I want to know Jesus. The Holy Spirit's going to reveal him. That's why the Holy Spirit's been given. Not to show off the gifts, not to make you cool, not to make you feel good, not to, not to some, lead you into some mystical, weird, come on, camp where everybody wears, wears white and, and, and it's just weird. He doesn't lead you there. He leads you to reveal Jesus. How many don't want to, I want to know Jesus. I want to know him. People are like, well, I... I, I went, wrote, read this book about Jesus, and I, I read books about... No, I want to know Him. I, I mean, I mean I, I'm not interested in, in doing all the calisthenics and all, those, all, all the stuff and the peripheral things of church and all this other... You know what that's all about? Knowing Jesus. Knowing Jesus, that's what it's about. And I want to know Jesus, and the Holy Spirit's going to reveal Jesus to me. I want to see Jesus. Hello? I want to see Jesus. You say, I'm going to heaven because I'm getting a mansion, I'm getting out of hell, and I want to leave this world. No, I want to see Jesus. Going to heaven is all about seeing Jesus. Going to heaven is all about being together for the rest of our lives. That's what it's about. It's about being with Him and Him being with all the time. Well, we can't do that right now because we haven't passed away yet and, we, and Jesus hasn't come back. And we, but what can we do? We can be filled with the Holy Spirit and we can know Jesus and talk to Him and be with Him in that spiritual form so that one day He'll prepare us to meet Him in the physical form. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do. That's, that's the way we live our lives. We do it for the glory of God. Whatever you do in word or deed, the Bible says, give thanks to Jesus through the Father, or through the, uh, to the Father through Jesus. That's what we do. It's word and deed. Whatever we do, everything, we need to give it glory to God. Almost done. In John, in, in John 15, 8, Jesus told the disciples, My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. That there's evidence in your life of the, of the Spirit of God moving. That you opened up your heart to Jesus and His Word. That it's actually in your life. People can actually see it in your life. How many know that's fruit? Is that right? It's evidence. And so the Bible says, my Father is glorified when there's fruit in your life. When there's character and integrity and godliness and righteousness and you live soberly, as Paul talked to Titus, and he said, when you live godly, it's not about you. It's not about you looking good and being that perfect Christian. It's about Jesus being glorified. Yeah. Amen. 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 How many teenagers can lift your hand to heaven and say, I want Jesus to be glorified at school. I want my school needs Jesus. I'm, man, there's friends that I have that they just need this. Well, God wants to reveal himself through you. That's why it's important. It's not about following rules of the church. It's about living godly so that people will truly see God in your life. Getting my selfish desires out of the way, my sinful desires out of the way, my flesh out of the way so that Jesus can be seen. So that his way can be seen. Oh, you're talking about being a God? No, I'm talking about just Jesus being seen in this imperfect vessel, and that's grace. How many can say that's grace? Man, God just moves in this imperfect vessel. Why would you do that, God? How could you do that? Why would you do that? It's by His grace. How, how, why would you give me such a precious thing as your spirit and call me your own and empower me and give me all this stuff? Why would you do that? It's by His grace. 
And so His grace, you know, we can be under that influence, amen, of the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit really has come to reveal Jesus and glorify Him, not a personality, not just a religion, not a symbol of our Christian faith, but a person. Jesus is a person. How many, know, how many believe with all of your heart that Jesus is alive right now? Right now. He's breathing right now. He exists right now. Amen. You say, well, I can't see him. But guess what? We've got his spirit and the spirit of God reveals Jesus to us. So we began to see his nature in us and feel his love in us and see his grace and kindness in our lives. Is this all right? Are we saying grace an awful lot? Yeah, because it's in the Bible an awful lot. And it has to be in our lives an awful lot. And so we want to glorify Jesus. And so when people glorify Jesus, the Bible makes it clear, and we'll teach about this some other time, that when we glorify Jesus, what does that mean? Does that mean just talk about Him all the time? Jesus, 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 Jesus. Is that what it means? The glorify Jesus really means this, is that we, we acknowledge Him as the only Son of God. That glorifies Jesus. Come on, somebody. That glorifies and a lot of people that are involved in other religions besides Christianity. That glorifies Jesus. When, when God wants to say, hey, he's the only son of God. You know, the other thing is glorifies Jesus is that when we talk about and reveal, hey, it's God in the flesh. Jesus is God in flesh and he is the Lord and Savior. How many know that glorifies God? That glorifies Jesus. When we talk about Jesus being the only son of God, God in the flesh, and Jesus being the Lord and Savior, that brings glory to him. And that's how we can live under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Can we stand on our feet today? Amen. Hallelujah. I realize that today is part of that Pennsylvania's religious holiday that they opened up on Sunday called hunting. And so if you're in the tree stand and you're listening online and uh, live streaming, uh, man, God bless you. And God's held the deer back until after the service. But anyways... I know a lot of people are like, wow, I can go hunting today. Doesn't mean you can be crazy. Anyways, <clears throat> one of the things I just want to close with and just kind of challenge us today is that one of the things that's so amazing about being under the influence of the Holy Spirit is we realize that it's God is with us and He's in us. That's so amazing. Come on, this is what we're getting ready to celebrate at Christmas, that grace has appeared to all men. But how many believe that it just didn't appear 2,000 years ago? He's in us today. He's with us today. He promised us that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, it's as if I never left this earth. It's as if I'm still walking. I'm still talking. I'm still feeding people. I'm still doing miracles. It's called my spirit. It's as if I never left. And that's what it means to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. It's God with us and in us. And so being filled, being led by the Spirit and filled with the Spirit, being influenced of the Holy Spirit, that's our heart's desire. That's what we want. It's not about, again, identifying with crazy people who took it too, taking it too far and a denomination. No, it's about identifying with Jesus and everything that the Bible says that Jesus is and everything that we have through Him. That's what it's about. And, it's, and that's what I want. How many know there's a lot of things I don't want that's in the church world, but I, one thing I do want is I want Jesus. Amen. I want Jesus. And I want everything that Jesus said I can have and everything that He wants for me. I want what God wants for me. And so I want to allow God to speak to me and touch me and 
Change me by His Spirit. I just want that. I, I, I can't do it by me just sitting in a room and thinking good about myself. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm changed. No, it's just by His Spirit He does it. And aren't you glad just like, just like a, a growth and just like a tree and just like a vine that God's doing it when you can't see it? <laughs> I mean, you know, that's the Spirit of God. He's working when you can't see it and you can't feel it. That's the good thing about not living by your emotions all the time. God's still working. God's still loving. God's still moving. He's still real. I mean, that, even if you've never said, well, I've never felt God. I mean, you know, He's still with you. He still loves you. He's still speaking to you. You know what I'm saying? Amen. And so thank God for those moments when you feel goose pimples. And you have, look at I got the witness. Look, 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 look. That's great. That's wonderful. I love it when chills go up my spine. I love that. That's a great feeling. But you know what? It's just reflective of the great God on the inside of me. Amen. And I don't need those things to exist. It doesn't, that doesn't build my romance for God. Man, we got something going without that. Because I'm filled with the Spirit. And that's how easy it is and how simple it is. And, and the Holy Spirit is in your life and your life in the Spirit. And that's what it's about. And, and so today I want to just encourage you. If you've said, Lord, I, I really want to receive the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit for the first time. We want to pray with you. Because it's for every believer and it's for every person. And to walk in that and say, Lord, I just want the gifts of the Spirit. Now, the Bible doesn't say that we shouldn't do those things. We should want those things, the Bible says. We should desire those things. Why? To make us look good so that we're our names or we can have a big ministry and we can be called who's who on the Christian list. No, so that Jesus is glorified. Living under the influence of the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. Can we lift our hands to heaven in closing and just say, I want to glorify Jesus. Jesus, be glorified in my life, in my heart, in my family, in my home. Be glorified in my job that you would be seen, that you would be felt. Lord, I don't know how you want to do it, but I just ask, I want to, that's what I want to do. I want to glorify you. I want you to be seen. And I want your goodness and your righteousness to be lived out in my life. Lord, I've got to do that by following the Holy Spirit. I want to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I want to be under the influence of lust and darkness. I want to be under the influence of your spirit, which is righteousness and goodness and holiness and purity and, and all the things that you are. That's what I want to influence my life today, right now. And I have it just by the asking, as Luke chapter 11 says. I ask you for the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit to be filled me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, that I'll have everything that you want me to have. And I'll be filled with your goodness and your power and, and your spiritual gifts and supernatural abilities lord i thank you that's for me it's not a storybook it's for me and it's for my life right now i pray lord that anyone today that is not born again does not know you as savior and lord of their life lord that will be so willing to turn from their ways and turn from their wrong ways and come to you today and say lord i believe that you are the son of god i turn from my sins i turn from my ways without god and i turn to you. I receive what you did at Calvary. I want to be cleansed. I want to be forgiven through Jesus Christ that I could have an eternal home in heaven. I thank you, Lord, today. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's give God a cheer today. Amen.